your host, Eric Balance, and this is the Resilient Minds Podcast. Join me as I explore the capabilities of our minds and how our X Factor can become our Y Factor. Now is our time. Welcome, everybody, to the Resilient Minds Podcast. I am so humbled and excited to be here with a dear friend who's like recently become super, like we've become super close and she was here in Tulum and we got to meet through our dear friend, Erica, spent some time together, uh, you know, had some amazing laughs, some, some like really deep conversations and, you know, spent of course time in ice water, like that was epic. Um, so I want to just, you know, first of all, thank you for being here. Like, you know, I know your time is so valuable. Um, really want to honor that. And, you know, just thank you for taking, you know, this Sunday, you know, today, if you're listening to this live, <laughs> Sunday, just spending time together to communicate and connect and bring wisdom to the world, bring your wisdom to the world. So everybody, you know, I want to welcome Laura Hoff, Wim Hoff's daughter, to the podcast. Welcome to the Resilient Minds. It's great to have you. Thank um, you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank uh, you for inviting me, Eric. I mean, uh, it's a pleasure. We uh, wanted to talk last week, but it has been a week uh, past. But you know what? We'll make it into a great conversation. I really hope that uh, we can dive into some topics that really touch upon resilience pretty much you know what is resilience and how can you be resilient in life and why it is important but uh, yeah so I'm the daughter of Wim Hof <laughs> uh, aka Laura Hof you know so I am a Wim Hof math instructor as well so I have been going to the footsteps of my father uh, I've been working with my father for about uh, six years maybe even longer uh, organizing his big events, uh, traveling all around the world with Wim. Um, and uh, yeah, I always call him sort of my friend because we talk to each other like we're, we're two kids, you know. When we talk to each other, it's like, I don't know, two kids just having fun. So my father really is like the fifth kid in the house, I always called him. So we are very close as a family. We work together and uh, everything that uh, yeah is out there in the world, the Wim Hof Method is basically sort of a set of techniques that my father developed throughout his whole life and uh, um, yeah, throughout 30 years of practice. And as a family, we really build it up into and sort of transformed it into a method that now people are practicing uh, all around the world. We have hundreds of instructors as well teaching this method. And I am one of those. So I'm very happy. I'm very honored to be able to um, not only do this method because I absolutely love it. It is ingrained into my life, but also to pass it on to others. And uh, but next to that, I'm also yeah a person with my own personal story, of course. <laughs> and as you can imagine, if you have a father like Wim, um, it also creates sort of a mindset that maybe we can talk uh, about uh, more during the podcast. And I'm really I, excited. And, and I think that that's been like, you know, it's like, it, that's curious to me too, is like, you know, like, do you feel ever maybe something we can dive deep, deeper, a little bit deeper into is like, you know, I always talk about 
in the resilient minds, you know, how our experience continue to generate our big purpose, our big why, our X factor contributes to our Y factor. And our X factor is like, like I said, our experiences, our Y factors, our Y, our purpose. And I really believe of living on purpose. And so, you know, as you've like evolved and as you've grown, you know, next to, you know, the superhuman, your father, Wim Hof, that's been, you know, such an instrumental force, not only in your life, but in the world, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how, how has that, you know, um, transpired or transmuted into your own experience, yeah. into your own purpose, into your own yeah. why? And has have you ever felt like you were in his shadow rather than like a part of his life? Never, never, ever, 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 ever. I mean, people will have asked me this question many times before, right? Like, hey, you are the daughter of Wim Hof, so now you're going to be the instructor. Isn't that a little bit strange, right? In in some ways, because you can never be Wim Hof, but that is the beauty. You don't want to be Wim Hof. There's only one Wim Hof, and that is plenty for this world. (laughs) I really think so, but... (laughs) Yeah, I really think he's a a major force. So it's like a supernova. One supernova is enough and then everybody, everything can trickle down. But what I do have a lot from my father and I think the lessons that he really taught us uh, was was the mindset that he had. And if I think about our childhood, for example, when I was younger, I mean, we were like the poorest kids in the the neighborhood, right? (laughs) So if you think about poor and uh, socially, uh, yeah, economically, etc., financially maybe, but what we weren't, we had a very strong and very rich mindset. And I think this is something that is so important that I got instilled through it when I was a, a child. I was never limited. I was never conditioned with all kinds of limiting beliefs. So uh, my father always taught me, uh, if you want to go, uh, if you want to achieve something, just go for it. If you think if others think that you are not good enough then teach them show them that you're better and this mindset really uh, has been ingrained into my psyche I think because I never let my circumstances decide uh, who I am or uh, define who I am so many times for example in in school I was picked on I was and it's because yeah we were we just didn't have the clothes or whatever the, the, but that didn't define me I was always a very lovable child to everybody and uh, you know I wasn't uh, I was picked on in school what did I do I became the best in soccer so that I got friends in that way you know I was uh, pay, uh, not good uh, in, or not perceived well by my uh, teacher so what did I do I became the best in school you know study very hard I wasn't uh, accepted uh, through my sports with sports with my uh, with my um, uh, friends with so what did I do I I did so many sports that eventually I was asked for an elitist class uh, part of that school so you know what I always did is I showed them I, I I use it as fuel whatever is like an obstacle for me becomes the way and this is something that uh, Ryan Holiday says right and that's exactly what it is so if it is an obstacle what do I do what do I think about I jump higher you know, I get better, uh, you know, and that is the resilient mindset. I really think that that rich mindset that my father really instilled in us that I really have, that it's sort of a power. You use it as fuel. So that is very important. 
I think that my father taught us at the same time, you get better, you become strong, you use it as fuel, but you also, this is really what my father always taught, you, you remain a very decent, pure person. And I think this is so beautiful that my father taught us not to be conditioned by your environment, right? Maybe uh, you, you, you come into situations that are not really nice for, you know, that are not really conducive, that are not really, um, yeah, maybe there are shitty situations, right? And you could become bitter, you could become bitter, or you can see it as, hey, a, a way to see the world as it is, becoming more conscious, becoming more conscious of the way things work, but not letting your pure self uh, uh, change, change by that, be changed by that. And I think those uh, values are very important for me because it has remained with for me it's very important to be a good person but also to 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 whatever there is in life if there's something in life that I want to have I, ha I have to work for it I'll, I'll, I'll do anything to really go for it so um, if I think about my own childhood I mean we were very poor but I got the best grades in school so that I could pick any school that I want and my father didn't do it by telling me, oh, you need to do it. No, 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 no. It was like an underlying uh, way of teaching us not to be conditioned, that you can do anything what you want, that you are, that you matter, that you, that you have everything in, inside of you to make anything work in life. And my father always taught, you know, this is so beautiful because he always said, hey, Laura, we're going to change the world. We're going to change the world. You'll see. And we didn't have anything by that by that time, right? There was no media. There was no attention for what he was doing. No, no. But he was telling us, us this all of the time, also to me. And honestly, I believed him. <laughs> I believed him. Laura, we're going to change the world. You, you'll see. And what happened all of these years, after all of these years, it happened, right? Everything what he said happened. So I, I think, you know, my story and the way my father taught us and, uh, and also taught me is that, um, that the, the situations, life or your environment does not define you. Uh -huh. You have to transcend that and you have to transcend whatever you have in, in terms of limiting beliefs. You have to transcend that. Whatever is keeping you um, back, if it is persons in your life, situations, but also yourself, you have to transcend that. And I think this, this, is, uh, this is a principle that my father really, really taught us. And that naturally has been instilled into us because it was not very rigid. In our, in our house, there were no rules at all. Like, <laughs> I mean, no rules at all, zero. But I think that it's also the most beautiful thing because it, it, it makes sure that you create your own sort of uh, personality, huh? your yeah, own like individuality. He like, he didn't put you in a box. So what I'm hearing is like, he didn't put you in a box and he like, he was willing to allow you to like be the curator of your own um, future and the curator Absolutely. of your own life and the curator of your own belief system. And in fact, he actually inspired you to to believe in that way so like how do you feel that like you know especially based off of you know your being raised you know by your mother and father and like you know we had mother's day last week and um that's such an important part of like us as like evil evolutionary beings as like our mother's like intuition and like believing that and now your father also um 
passing on these powerful belief structures. Yes. How do you think, how important do you think that is like in today's day and age for us, you know, mm-hmm. with our next generation coming mm-hmm. from that place of like love and wisdom and like the heart wisdom that, you know, getting out of our heads and really like, you know, questioning like all these thoughts and emotions that are showing up and allowing us to just say, no, 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 hold on a second. Like I'm coming from a place of love and a place of mm. higher wisdom mm. and instilling that into our next generation so that they too are able to have the abundant mindset that your father instilled in you, even though the external circumstance may have not uh, seen that way. And mm. for that reason, you were able to, like you said, transcend. So I guess my, my, my biggest question here is like, what can somebody that's maybe listening right now mm. really take away from, from the fact of either they're, they're, they have children or they want to have children or they're in a place where they really are limiting themselves based off of you know, the material objects that are around them and they're mm. not seeing the possibility. So are there any like, key things that your father had said or maybe mm. things that you have um, assumed and taken on your, yourself Mm. Um, that have allowed you to really, from a young age, just seen lim- limitless possibilities? Listen, I think his mindset is that of a kid. So there are no obstacles. There are no, uh, there, there are, there is nothing in the way. Everything is possible. It's like Peter Pan in Neverland, right? Oh, you think it's not? Yes, it is possible. Just have that open mindset. I think an open mindset and consciousness both are very important and have a playful mind. When you're playful, you're creative. eh? And then all kinds of possibilities, they come into your life. It's a very different way of living, of perceiving the world as it is. And even though, for example, you might be in an environment that is not very creative, you can really make it creative just by your mind. So I think it is having an open mind is very important. And an open mind means that you are willing to receive the messages from your kids, for example, so that you have a good interaction, so that you really listen to your kids, really see them as well as complete human beings. I think my father, that's why I say he's the fifth kid in the house, because he talked to us like like we're adults, right? And we got that that belief as well that... um, uh, he believed in us. He really, he, he believed in us. And that's why you also take the, some co- kind of responsibility. I, as a very young uh, kid, I felt much more maybe responsible just because I got that trust from my parents, right? So because of that trust, you also learn to act differently. If your parents are really yeah, sitting on you the whole time, it pretty much dampens your light, your fire. And I think for a lot of kids, I see kids as creative geniuses, really. We are born as creative geniuses. There's so much creativity in the kid. It's unbelievable. But once they become conditioned, yeah, you are pretty much stopping that creative process. Is that part of the brain that is creative, that is an open outlet, that is very much connected to source. And through that, yeah, you get all kinds of different, there's an energy flow in that. Yeah? And that energy flow is very creative. It's very empowering. It's very in tune with the inner child of yourself, that, I- that inner that knows where to go, what, what you are good in, what you want to blossom, what you are good in, what you love. And I think kids intuitively, they will 
because they're creative teenagers, because they're so perfect a lot of times in what they love, they become so good at what they love. Huh? And that's their gift to the world. Huh? But a lot of times, just because their parents think, hey, I want my child to be uh, a doctor or I want him to be this or I want him to be very good in, in, in mathematics or whatever it is. It means that they sometimes have to become somebody that they're not. They have to dampen their own light, their fire, and really ignite a different fire, which maybe is not them. And that fire is outside of them. So I really believe that if every kid and if every parent would instill their, in their kids, just lighten that fire that is already present, that you already see in your kid, just, just fuel that fire. You know, give, give attention to that fire, give energy to that fire that you see in your kid burning already. So if that might be something that you as a parent would rather not have, such as that your kid is very good at playing piano, I would say light that fire because it could be a, 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 a the most famous piano player in the world. And that is going to be the gift that he gives into the world. I always believe that a, a, somebody that is following their fire, their, their passion, something that they really love, uh, they become so good at it and they become good at it in a playful way so naturally, so naturally. And because of that, they feel happier they, because they're just in their fire, they're in their energy, they're in their uh, passion, just living energy life. Really is it really is everything. And I think we talked about this when you're here in Tulum. Yes. We talked about like the power of presence in our own abundant energy and, you know, sharing that level of energy um, mm. is a way that you attract yeah. more yeah. of it in life. And one thing you yeah. mentioned is like that, that importance of trust and like mm. for parents to have that importance of trust in their child, it's just a reflection of the trust they have in themselves. Absolutely. And Absolutely. It, it's really beautiful that so many of us um, get to see that um, in some of our parents, but it's also important that those that don't see that in themselves need to understand that, listen, like what limitations am I setting on around boundaries around my children? If just because I have these limitations upon myself mm. and what I love is, you know, I always talk about like playfulness and I love what you just, what you shared is like, how can we stay in that purity? Because we come into this world pure, like we come into this mm -hmm. world so pure and so playful and that is the, the highest, deepest connection of source. And like, you know, as we get older, you said it, you know, um, we, we create these ego structures that, you know, now we have to please. And, um, you know, we, this block goes up and these walls go up and those walls that protect us also imprison us. And mm. I believe that, you know, as we age, we actually should stay away from the aging and stay more into like the centeredness, like even as men, right? Like we talked about, you know, we, we talked about this as men is like, men need, feel like they need to put up this facade of like what it means to be a man right like no 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 <laughs> like let's just have some fun like let's just like play and like you know use yeah. this beautiful planet as a playground and recognize yes. that we are living you know in heaven you know every single yeah. day like yeah. we get to choose that and you know we, it's we, it, we, it, 
Yeah, it's the playfulness. The playfulness. A lot of people, they have their passions, but sometimes they stop with it, you know. Listen to what is your passion. I think there, the playfulness is natural in people. So I always ask people when I meet them, most of the time, I really, I'm not interested in what they do. I really am not, because for me, that doesn't define who a person is. It doesn't tell me who a person is. I always like to know what is your passion? Because that's when the kid comes out, right? That is connected to really their, their childlike uh, inner child within. That is their pure light, what, what I see. So I think passion is very important. What are you passionate about in life? Because that's natural. You think about your passions even when you're, you're you know, doing your groceries. That's, it's, so, it's such an easy thing for people to, to spend their time on. So that for me is very important. I think it's very funny that you said men, <laughs> because we are living in this structure, right? Men, women, and actually we talked about um, myself as well, that I feel more masculine <laughs> just because I was raised by a man, right? And you, you had uh, some, some dealings with masculinity or the face of masculinity and what that means and what kind of uh, role you need to have to be a man in society right so i have been dealing yeah, with like these the mask, right the mask that we ask yes that some it, of us carry on our faces but like on our shoulders and like it weighs us down and it doesn't give us freshness mm -hmm. and bonus and mm -hmm. like this divinity of, of of feminine energy in our in our in the world that we live in and it's so important when it, when we like feel this energy of masculinity come upon us that we recognize like mm -hmm. why is my barrier of um, disconnect happening and mm -hmm. what am I trying to protect and it's not about like because so many people will 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 like there's this common theme that masculinity is bad and it's not that it's bad it's like it's it's the wounded masculinity that is bad it's the, mm -hmm. it's the one that like thinks that he need, has something to prove and usually it's proving it to himself. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this. Right. You know, if I think about Wim, I mean, uh, he has a, he's like a super alpha male, right? Like yeah. super alpha male. This is my father. He's like a unbelievably, uh, I would almost say like a caveman alpha male. <laughs> if you meet him, he's like the epitome of a of a of an alpha male. But what he also does, he connects to his emotions very well. So he can cry on the spot. He can shout at everybody in a group of people. He'll shout at everybody like, like a gorilla, right? Like a gorilla. He'll go off on them. But after that, what he does literally, when, when he has his breathing and he's guiding his people, he can literally cry like a baby. He's in tune with that. And I think it is important to for us to recognize both in ourselves, right? And I have been sort of struggling with this as well. Eh? I've been struggling more but coming into contact with my femininity <laughs> because I've been so independent throughout my whole life. For me, well, masculinity for me also is sort of being tough and really being independent and really being straightforward. And you go after your goal. And if there's some, this being protective as well. Um, and really coming in contact with my, my feminine side is really warm and soft and embracing and really caring. And it, it, is, it is for me, that's a struggle. It's more of a struggle than being. And I really think that that's the biggest, that's the biggest lesson that we like, doesn't matter whether yeah. you're male or female is like, that's the biggest lesson is how do you balance those two energies to really that's bring it. the state of balance into our yes. life? And, yes. you know, 
I find that so fascinating because for so long, and you know, you mentioned to me and that we had this conversation, <clears throat> you know, Eric, like, I feel like I'm in, you know, my masculine. And I was like, but you're so feminine right now, right? Like you, you totally dropped into your feminine when we were hanging out and you were, you were in this state of flow and fun and playfulness. And I believe that like, there needs to always be a, like a polar polarity to allow that piece of us to come out. So for example, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if I show up in a, in a, in a conversation with mm-hmm. a very masculine structure, doesn't matter mm-hmm. if it's a male or a female. And I, I, I give that level of vulnerability and love and desire and playfulness. Guess mm-hmm. what's going to happen. They're going to, they're going to feel safe to come to that place. They're going to mm-hmm. feel safe to come to that. And if I'm focused and, um, and if, if I come into a, in, in, in come into a, a, a mat or a feminine structure where mm-hmm. again, it doesn't matter if it's male or female, yeah. And I'm like very, res- I'm, like, I'm strong in my resolve and I'm strong in yes. my definition of focus. Well, mm-hmm. again, they're going to feel super safe to like be themselves. And I feel that that level of polarity is so important for us to Absolutely. really create powerful relationship with yes. self first, right? Because that's where the number one relationship comes, yeah. but then with others at the same time. So, yes. you know, I get curious and I, I, I say, well, like, why are people always building these walls? Why are yes. there people always building these walls? And, you know, I guess my question for you in this moment is like, do you believe that these are the walls like that are protecting them from really showing who they are because they're scared of getting hurt? Of course. I mean, of course. And for me as well, right? If I think about my whole childhood, my whole road, you know, also if I think about the yeah, 14 years, I, I, I went from home and I pretty much took care of myself as well. You know, like I have, I have many stories to tell, but I had to be very independent. So um, for me, being being feminine means also a little bit in my mind eh? that's my conditioning i know that of myself i know that i that means that i have to connect that means that i have to soften up that means that i have to in my mind be a little bit weaker eh? which is not weaker but that is that is the perception that i still i still have that eh? sometimes like being warm and soft and it also opens yourself up it opens yourself up to the beauty eh? to connection, eh? but it also opens yourself up to maybe disappointment eh? or being hurt. Because when you become very vulnerable, that's really what it is, you become vulnerable, you take off those shells. It's like a little crab, right? It has like a little shell around himself. But what if he doesn't have his shell? Yeah, he's very vulnerable. So of course you can connect better. You're much more uh, close to your surrounding environment. There is less space, so you connect better, but you also feel more vulnerable. But that is where the magic happens, I think. That is where the clicks um, where that, where that, where where you can really get out of that comfort zone because it is out of your comfort zone a lot of times. Eh? It's completely, but that's where the change can happen, the transformation can happen, and that's, that's where the magic happens. So, so, yes. and that's exactly where I really like. Now that you're saying this, this really gives me an idea. Of like, do you believe that yeah. you know? Because for so long, like, there's so much conditioning around, like people around, yeah. you know, like connecting to their jobs or connecting to yeah. like what they need to have as an outcome or a security. Do you yeah. think that, that that masculine structure, that like wounded masculine structure is 
because they feel so uncertain about a, 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 an outcome or, or they're so attached to an outcome that they mm. don't allow magic to come into their lives because they're not willing to kind of flow with the, the presence of the feminine net nature. Of course, of course. I mean, how easy is it to stay in the same environment, same place, because it's what you know, right? And when you go into the unknown, it means that you have to open up, you have to release your story as well. And sometimes it is very comforting to stay in your story because this is how the human brain works. We really are conditioned to stay in the same safe manner. But sometimes that safety is not what, what it keeps us stuck. It doesn't make us grow as human beings. And we're also some way we need to transcend. We need to grow. For me, for example, if I think about life, I see it as this. You need to be able to die many times. And what I mean by that is that you need to release your old stories. And that is really also the, the stories that sometimes keeps you in a safe mode, but it doesn't help you grow. So you need to die sometimes. You need to really release that story of, hey, I, I, I chose this direction in life and this is the only direction. But if I release this, it doesn't make me happy anymore. A lot of people, they are st stuck eh, in their story. They have their job, for example, they did their education, they're stuck in their job and they can't leave. Yeah, but what? Then I cannot pay my mortgage. But what if I uh, release this job? Maybe I don't find another job, but okay, but... This is, the, this is the leap of faith that you have, need to have to grow, to really transcend in life. A lot of times we're stuck in the same, same situations. And honestly, this is so funny. A lot of people will not leave this situation just because it's familiar. Although it doesn't make them happy. You know, sometimes it makes them miserable, but they won't leave that story because it's something that they hold on to. Right. So, yeah, in life, you have to do the scary things a lot of times and you have to release or as I call it, you have to die. You have to die and then yeah. really transform and, and create a different story, create a different new uh, you go into a different route, something that you haven't known before. And the beauty is every time that you do that, you'll see the universe will catch you. I really believe this. The universe will catch you. And it is exactly what you need to do. And this is also, I think, a le lesson for a lot of people that that find it extremely difficult to, to do that, to really release the old, release the old, begin something new. But this is what you need to do to grow. In life, you need to do this to transform. And if you don't do this, yeah, you'll stay in the same uh, place, uh, thinking the same thoughts, eating the same things, being with the same people, having the same experiences. And this is why I really believe that if you want to, it's going to be scary, but you have to you have to you have to go into what what scares you. You have to really go investigate what scares you, and maybe find uh, th that is the neurology, right? A lot of time, I think the older you get, the 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 diff more difficult it becomes because you're in the same kind of story. And the ego structure starts to like become more and more powerful. And like I love how you you really described it as death because you know. How many times can the ego die is really the question, right? Like, because the ego grows stronger and stronger if you live in that place. And yes. if you live in that place, it, it, it attaches itself to this, this element of identity. And yes. when you when you allow yourself to shed that identity and know, like, listen, who am I really at the core, right? Who am I really at the core? And, you know, mm -hmm. I, I did Bufo 
for those of you that don't know, it's like a plant medicine, 5-MeO DMT. It's like a, a really powerful. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can talk about that. <laughs> and it, 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 it literally scared me. It scared oh, yeah. my ego so powerfully, Laura, like that I, wow. I literally ran out of the tent. My ego like started running right. away from who I thought I was. And mm. it was so beautiful because at the end of the whole experience, I just like screamed and then I started mm. crying mm. and I started mm. crying because I realized, wow, I just shed so much fear, so much pain and suffering, so many stories that I like, I kept telling myself and it's so beautiful to allow myself and hold the space to, to bring mm. self to this, like mm. this boy this boy that has been like inside of me and has just always wanted to be loved and be loving. Beautiful. And that element of aging that we go through, I believe that, you know, that at the age of seven, you know, eight, that we start aging and we start aging based off of, you know, the conditions that we are created around us, that our parents beliefs, you know, maybe some ancestral stuff. And mm. we, we start to create becoming aging into adults and once we age into adults we start <clears throat> to like really believe in these stories and these stories start to define our identities right where we like think that we need security we need structure we need to really understand how to build um from a place of security and unless yes. we start doing work on ourselves and start like asking quality questions to, to really define quality answers we don't shed that level of adulthood, meaning that we don't, we, we don't come back to our inner child. If we start asking these questions and we start allowing ourselves mm. to go back to our like teenage years, to go back to our childhood and eventually to go back to our like transformation, which is becoming the infant again, the like the super like curious, knowledgeable, wanting to like play on this playground. And I think this is also part of life, right? You need, yes. to, because without any ego, there's no, there's no transition there, right? No. So this is also part of the human experience. You need to 100%. build up some ego, you need to break it down and preferably you build up and break down your ego many times because that lets you live several lifetimes in one. Um, and I think, you know, if you can really learn to, to do that, that then you become, you're transforming constantly. That's also like rewiring your brain constantly, relearning, learning again. Some people, they have one story their whole lives. <laughs> that is one ego story their whole lives. That's it. That's it. And they cannot get out of it. They cannot create that distance whereby they see and deconstruct what they have been building up from seven years old, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why it is also, as I see it, I, it's also part of the human experience. I also had some experiences with DMT, ayahuasca, <laughs> a beautiful mushroom ceremony. And I think with the mushroom ceremony, as it was with an amazing shaman from Colombia, it really taught me the different layers of consciousness and what we as a human being are here to do. And it, which really is to really experience everything to the deepest as a human being and if you can have those several lifetimes in one, you're creating consciousness by be being openly um, living. And uh, there is, in essence, there is not really a, a right or a wrong way to live life. There really isn't. 
<laughs> even your mistakes, even the things that you thought were mistakes, were obstacles, were amazing, or were, were horrible moments in your life, or uh, uh, people that that have that died in your life. These are all also learning learning uh, experiences, and and if you can transcend those, those are sort of almost training exercises and it doesn't seem like it of course in that moment but if you can transcend those and really learn from those and then um, transform them into something uh, that becomes bigger than yourself you become uh, you can you can become a better person right so you can really transcend that ego story as well and uh, i think it is part of the human experience that building up of the ego yeah, building up of that ego is also sort of a building up of a consciousness and then breaking it down it's uh, sort of creating that distance again seeing the ego for what it is uh, it's it's also a learning learning curve. It's uh, how it's like protected us and guided us to like so many things because hmm. I, I agree. I think that there's 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 pieces of the ego that have gotten us to, that serve its purpose. Um, hmm. And I know my ego is still extremely strong. Like I can feel it come up. But the difference now is because I I've, I've died. Like my ego has died so many times. And like, <laughs> It, it, it starts now to like ask the question of like why is this showing up where is this coming from and my level of awareness starts to become more immediate and intuitive and I've started to like trust myself more knowing mm. that like listen like this is not you talking right now this is the structure that like has been conditioned to you and like start asking and observing those thoughts and recognizing mm. that they're not your thoughts, that they're just a thought that you can observe and you can let them pass that you by. Like you can completely yes. let go of them, let them pass you by and give yourself an opportunity to come from a place of love as long as you're in, aware enough to recognize that the strength comes from the surprise and the surprise comes from the, from the wisdom in the heart. And to me, like experiences fundamental experiences in life and like you know i know that you've had many and i've had many but for me like it's been so powerful to really wake up when i was younger at the age of six you know you know and those that are listening probably know this story but like you know i i was a drug addict and my dad asked me a question like could you come go to rehab for your future self and that question that quality of that question allowed me to let go of an identity that no no longer was serving me mm -hmm. so so, and, and I saw possibility, infinite possibility in the future man that I like, my, the, my future self. So my soul was like, wake up, like it's time, right? And, yes. it, you know, I mean, Carl Jung, he says something super beautiful and it's, you know, this isn't verbatim, but he says, you know, the deeper we can, you know, we can root ourselves, you can't, like a tree can't reach the heavens unless you root yourself in, in unless it roots itself really powerfully mm -hmm. in the ground. Hmm. again not verbatim but like along the lines and that to me became such a structure around of like listen if i want to get stronger to, to towards the relationship with my creator towards the relationship with the divine towards the relationship with self well i need to like really be willing to root myself and understand where all of these elements are coming from inside of me so hmm. my question to you at this point is like as we as we discussed this, is there is there something that has like really bothered you in your experience, you know, as you've grown up, or is there a significant um, time in your life where you were like forced to say, "Listen, like 
this is not, this is, this is, this is me shedding my identity. And I know that there's a greater purpose here, but I need to go inside right now. And like nothing around me is going to affect me. And what was that, that experience like to you? Um, So Mm. what was the experience and what was that experience like? And how did you, how did you overcome it? There are many things, many things, but I think one of the most um, important things in my life really has been the death of my mother. And my my mother died when I was eight. She had a lot of mental problems, schizophrenia, multiple personality disorders, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, she died when I was eight, but it was a long, long years of uh, difficulty with my mother going back and forth to Spain and then being with us and being very caring, but then, yeah, then completely emotionally unavailable. So, and the death of my mother has also been quite traumatic. So she, she, she pretty much, she kissed me and my little brother goodbye the night that, that she jumped out of an of a apartment complex in Spain. And then afterwards, actually, we were sort of guided away. We did not even know that my mother died for months and months on end. It, it wasn't, they didn't tell us. And because my mother was always going back and forth from Spain to Holland, sometimes she wasn't there for months. So for us, it was like, okay, she's, she, she, yeah, she's not here with us right now, right? It was something uh, not unusual. So then we we pretty much weren't told that my mother was dead. The moment that we were told, we we actually found out because her twin sister sent a uh, sort of a, a picture of a jumping woman. She she painted a painting of a jumping woman from a building, and we were like, "What is this?" And we t- asked our father. Who knew that our mother was dead? And he, he, whim, you know, but he then admitted to us that my mother was dead. But that was also a moment that we couldn't talk about it. So there was a lot of shame in, in that my mother died. Not only that she was sick of the head, you know, you couldn't really talk about it, but also that she died. And I think shame, loss, yeah, those are very powerful emotions for a kid to have. Um, and it was very difficult for my father as well to deal with that grief. For him, it was um, very, very difficult. He was was alone with four kids huh? and he had to deal with that grief. But we as well as children, as individuals, sort of, we also had to deal with that grief. For us, it was very difficult. So until 20, I was 21 years, I think, I never uh, admitted that my father, that my mother was dead. To anybody, to anybody. So I sort of suppressed a lot of emotional uh, things, you know. And uh, for a long time, I was not really blaming her, but more blaming the universe. Like, why did this happen? And this and that and that. And, you know, to like, like, universe, why did you do this to me? <laughs> and... Um, yeah, and all of those time, I actually went into blowing a lot. So I blowed a lot. Like, I <laughs> blowed like almost every day. Um, and actually I drank a lot as well. I went partying and was really quite, I was quite, uh, quite, uh, yeah, not a, while I was also very good at school. So it was like completely strange situation for me. And it was a difficult period. And I think it was when I was 21 that I really came to terms with this and really, really researched within myself. Hey, but this story, this story that I'm telling myself, the universe why the fuck did this happen to me? My mother died and so many th- troublesome things happened afterwards and da, da 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 But this story is not serving me, right? This story is not giving me 
power, strength. Eh? And I think for a lot of people, the moment that you um, that you give that 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 you that you sort of blame something outside of yourself for something that happens within you, you're giving your power away. You're giving your power away. So that was really the moment that I I had to release that story, but also forgive. Forgive my mother, forgive my father, forgive the universe, forgive the whole situation and everything. And also forgive myself eh, for, for the way I was, yeah, I treated myself pretty much because I was not very loving towards myself. Oh, sorry? Compassion. Compassion, yeah. So I had to release that old story. And what it is, is sometimes it feels like you are carrying like a, a huge rock a huge rock. It's very heavy. It's very heavy. So it's emotional load can be extremely heavy and big, but you are carrying that with yourself. You're doing this to yourself. So the moment that you really decide, you make a decision, hey, I'm not going to give in to them. I'm not going to give energy to this story anymore. I'm going to release it. It's literally like you are, you know, putting that rock away. It's like you, uh, you, you, you release everything that you were carrying with you. And also you taking your power back. And when you take your power back, you get much more energy to really reinvent your story again and really decide what are the next steps are. Eh? You're not, uh, you're not, um, you're not in that victimhood anymore. No, you're in your empowerment. Yeah. And that is so important to do in life. The moment that you are blaming outside circumstances, it's nice to do that for maybe a little while eh? to get the steam off. But after that, you have to turn it around and you really have to decide, no, I'm not going to be a victim. I decide how I am. I decide how I'm going to look at this situation and how I'm going to deal with that because you can change your mind. And honestly, change your inner mind, you change your mind and you'll change everything around you. Yeah? yeah, you're going to see the world differently. You're going to see yourself differently and it's going to empower you. It's going to give you a lot of uh, energy to 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 uh, to go through life in a completely different way. So it's your inner world creates your outer world. And a lot of times, of course, you, you have situations and that that triggers you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But really the power that we have is inside of ourselves. So if you use the power to change your mind, you pretty much change everything. You change your whole pers perspective and miraculous things happen from that moment on. And I really believe that that, that is so important for people to understand that you create your own uh, reality in the end. In the end, and you are- change your mind multiple times, by the way, right? Like. People, yes. people think that like, like I remember people saying to me like, Eric, like you have so many ideas and change your mind all the time. I'm like, well, yeah, because like I flow with life. I allow things to come. And if, you know, yes. if, if something's not working, I want to pivot and adjust and change yeah. things. And it's like, that's just the way like, <laughs> they're yeah, like, I don't need to have like an expectation of what that, that looks like. I just need yeah. to know that I'm going one step at a time in the right direction. And if the mm -hmm. outcome is delivered one in a thousand different ways well that's amazing right like i feel like there's so many people out there that they are attached there's this level of attachment and what what i'm hearing you say is to let go 
of an attachment, to let mm. go of this like negative um, outcome that you believe you perceive is there. And if you give yourself, it's like, you know, fear is an illusion, right? Like you can have the same energy put input into a possibility rather than the limitation. And if you focus on the possibility, that one's more likelihood to transpire rather than the limitation. It's the energy. If you have energy, oh. where are you going to guide it through? You are directing energy towards something. Yeah. And if the energy is going to go somewhere, somewhere, you can, you can put your energy on the negative or you can put it on the positive. And honestly, the positivity will grow. You know, so I always say everything grows with love. So <laughs> put your energy on what you want to see grow. Put your energy in what you see grow. And that is really the power that we have. You can decide on what you want to see grow. And that's what the energy and the attention uh, and, and in complete consciousness that you give it your attention, that's what, what will grow. And that's really the power of our minds. You create your whole reality based upon your mind. It's all in your head at the end. It's all in your head at the end. So that's why I think the, the, the mind is, is it's so important to understand what kind of power you have and that that power is within you. It's not outside of you. And if you think it is, then you already have given your power away. I really believe this. And, that's and a lot the of people say do this. Yes. No, you're, and, and, and this is the strength that you give in your workshops, right? Like your father has created, you know, like you, you, you sit for five minutes inside of a nice bath and you allow yourself to recognize like honestly you realize that you are not your body like you're, you you allow yourself to go inside and see that these external circumstances are not mm. are limiting you and it really yes. is the first time I did it um I was like wow like I completely felt how powerful my my, my body um my breath my heart but most importantly, my consciousness was to really connecting outside of mm. me, connecting mm. inside of me, but allowing myself to just like not be attached to what my body is feeling. I mean, and at the end, your, your conditioning, huh? that's also your mind, right? So what yeah. happens when you go into the ice bath is that it completely shuts off the analytical mind. That's where you are worrying and you're thinking, what the heck am I doing? That is shut off. So you pretty much go inside immediately i always uh, call an ice bed like uh, it's like meditation on crack <laughs> so, <laughs> i really call it like that because you cannot you cannot hide you cannot hide you cannot uh, run away no you have to be there in the moment completely there and if you're not there you're gonna go everywhere you're you're just gonna run from the ice bed so i i absolutely love the ice bath because it brings you back into the body immediately and it brings you back to a complete core of yourself you feel feel that all of the layers all of the conditioning all of the worrying everything all thoughts they are released they're gone so you only are left with that little center that little central point of you where you're so centered and so that's that's the purity that's that is who you are that is i see it as like the soul it's the soul you know, you cannot, that's all that there is. And you have to go there. Huh? You have to go there and stay there. 
and it's Absolutely. everything around you is just shed away. It's so powerful. It's an unbelievably powerful meditation technique. I call it like that. And most of the time they are not calling it like that. It's like the, with the breathing, they call it like the ultimate meditation technique, which I also believe. But with the breathing, you go much more out of your head. And with the ice bath, you go completely inside the body and everything is shed away. Whatever what, what there is, any conditioning, any thoughts, it's, it's gone. So it really brings you back to your core self, your essence, that what, what is everlasting. This is really how I, I, I am seeing this. Lara, I agree. I think that like, okay. like the, the, the ability to like shine our light innerly and then we allow ourselves to create this relationship right. from the outside um, or like illuminate that from the inside yeah. to the outside is so powerful. And so, you know, I really am curious, you know, I know I really want to focus in like uh, honor your time too but I know that we're like kind of like getting close but if somebody is curious and interested in knowing more about the Wim Hof method knowing more how to communicate or connect with you what's the best way that they can reach out find out more information and uh, really connect deeper Oh, well we have a website wimhoffmethod.com it's very easy uh, accessible I would always recommend for people that are beginners, try out our Wim Hof Method app. And if not, the free mini course that's also on the website, wimhofmethod.com. There is an amazing breathing bubble for those that never did the breathing. Do it once. It's, you can find it on YouTube. It's also Wim Hof Method. Breathing bubble, very easy easy guided by whim and it's amazing um for people that are beginning you can always follow me i'm laura hoff alchemy on instagram and i'm always happy to answer any questions that you have but please check out the website first for the whim of method if there's really a question that you have uh, specifically for me i'm always happy to answer that uh, so uh, yeah that's uh, let that's me know much let me know with me. So make sure i'll make sure that all the show it's all you put into the show notes guys um, and let me know about Poland when it's happening, because I really want to come and hang out with you and your dad and go like spend some time in the snow. Love it. And you, you know, Poland is my home country. So like, it would be amazing to go back there and just like, <laughs> so last question. Well, for I want to go to Poland as well. Actually, so, Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be so fun. Like when it happens, you have to let me know I'm, I'm coming. Like I'm on my way, you know, like, so like, let's let, I hope he, these circumstances that they let us do the, do the, do the yeah, Poland know. travels. Let's see how it is with the Corona. That's right, the Corona. <laughs> so last question. If you had three days left to live, Laura, what would you do? Three days. I probably, okay, this is very bad, right? <laughs> so I probably will, would be, yeah. Sitting on a deserted island, just watching the sunset. Mm. Pretty much. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, is that amazing? <laughs> yeah, because that's what like that's that's it, you know, that just it's it's beautiful because everybody has different answers and um you know honoring that is, is is just you know that's what that's what feels home to you so i think that that's really important yes and to yeah, me yeah, like what i, when I yeah, yeah what i hear from you is like that's like a really important connection to self 
when you say that you just want to connect to the sun because that's the sun is inside you. It's a, well, that's very beautiful. They say I would connect with nature. So it's really the moon, the sun being in nature, just being peaceful. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Laura, thank you so much for everything. Do you have any last kind of comments, concerns, anything that you want to share? Well, I hope that people, that they got something out of the interview. I really love to talk. It was really so free-flowy and we just talked about anything. It was not structured at all, which is also amazing. And uh, yeah, I just uh, wish everybody good luck, uh, sending lots of beautiful, positive energy through everybody that is watching and uh, isn't watching seeing it later so big kiss and i hope that everybody can transform and die many times in their lives that's really what we want so uh -huh. bless you thank you so much much love to you and we'll Thank chat you. soon bye bye